Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 290 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Terry Duggan. Terry lives in Perth, Australia, and she works as an office admin for a small company. And she was also a guest on the Life Lessons podcast on episode 85, where she talked about her lifelong journey with alopecia. And I'm sure that'll factor in today's intermittent fasting story as well. But welcome. I'm glad to talk to you again, Terry. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. And I'm sure listeners are listening and they're like, well, she doesn't sound Australian because <laughs> you're not. Tell no. them a little bit about your fro- actually from Canada. Yes, yes. I moved to Australia seven years ago, actually. Got married and integrated into the Australian lifestyle. But yeah, no, originally from Canada, Alberta, Edmonton, got away from the snow and the cold. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at you right now. I'm bundled up in my sweatshirt and my Uggs, and you're in a tank top because y'all are having the opposite season. It is. It's been very, very hot. We've been getting into the high 30s for the last couple of weeks, which I think in the Fahrenheit gets you into the, about that mid 90s. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I like it hot, which everybody yeah. probably knows, but sorry for everybody who doesn't like it hot, but I do. I'm ready for yeah, spring. I like you're probably hot. ready like for heat. fall. Oh, you like heat too? Good. Good. <laughs> I like well, heat. You, <laughs> yeah, heat is my favorite, especially yeah. being at the beach. A cold oh, breeze yes. off the ocean is very, very cold. So we yeah, have several I'm more months of that. I'm actually about five minutes driving from the beach, so we get a lot of coastal breezes in the evening around here. That's great. That helps in the summer, though, right? 
Yes, absolutely. People don't realize it. I realized when we moved here how much cooler it is than when we were inland in Augusta. Like in Augusta, it is like really hot and we don't have that cool ocean breeze. Anyway, let's get to the topic. (laughs) You know I like to start by asking, (laughs) what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Oh, I came to intermittent fasting. My brother posted on Facebook that he was doing fasting and losing some weight and having some success with it. And he would fluctuate on and off and on and off. So I sent him a Facebook message one time. He's still living in Canada. Shout out to my brother, Derek, if he's listening. Hi, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) So I questioned him, what was this all about this fasting thing? What are you doing? I looked into it. He told me about an app that you can use to be able to clock yourself in through. And that's how I started. And when was that? October 2020. Okay. Yeah. Started with the app, started looking through podcasts. And first podcast I found was actually the Intermittent Fasting Podcast with you and Melanie. Binge list it. But at that time, my app said that I can have creamer in my coffee. Yeah. And I thought I was doing really good because it was unsweetened almond milk. I never right. did really well yeah. with a heavy cream, but I thought, mm, darn okay, it, apps. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> exactly. So I dirty fast, for lack of a better term, up until February. That's when I found your book, Fast Feast Repeat and started the clean fasting. And I pretty much ripped off the bed. It was a little bit scary to do that whole black coffee thing. But my trick was I always have my coffee in my travel mug. If you can't see it, you don't know that it's black. And now I that's love, interesting. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard anybody say that before. But now I'm really thinking about that. And it does make sense that you wouldn't be, you're just sipping it. You're not thinking about it. It's in the mug. You're not stressing out about it. Yep. It's covered. You can't see that it's black. And I love the smell of coffee. I love the smell of the brewing of it, the whole bit. So yeah, it was actually a shockingly easy transition once I couldn't see that I was drinking black coffee. And now well, that is a I, great tip. I really would say to anybody who's worried about black coffee, if you like the smell of coffee, then you probably will be fine with black coffee once you let your taste buds adjust. Now, if you hate the smell of coffee, you're probably not going to like it. Just don't drink coffee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Skip the coffee. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't like the smell of tea. No. I don't like anything about tea. No. I always liked green mint tea, but I like the smell of mint. So, yeah, I like like everything like herbal teas, but they're not really tea. But, you know, I'm one of the, the few true Southern girls who doesn't drink tea because we, you know, we grow up on iced tea down here, but for whatever reason, I never liked it. So, (laughs) but that's such a good tip about the coffee. So you started right away when your brother posted about it on Facebook, but then in February of 2021, you ripped off the Band-Aid with the clean fast. So did that change the experience at all for you? Yeah, absolutely. Prior to that, I was doing like a 16-8, weeding my, slowly weeding myself into it, finding that I still had to bring a lunch to work to get myself through the day. But as soon as I started the clean fasting, it was like night and day. I would bring a lunch with me, but then it would sit in the fridge at work. Then I just stopped bringing it because it was like, no, not ready, not ready. And it was an easy transition from from 16 to going to 20, sometimes 22 hours. It was just easy. It was just so much easier. I was losing weight even back in October. I did a half a kilo a week steady on, but yeah, the whole transition and just feeling lighter, feeling brighter, feeling more aware of everything and in the moment, as soon as I started the clean fasting. That's really important to say. You know, a lot of people can lose weight without fast and clean because I did. And I talked about it in Delay Don't Deny because I did it in 2014, 2015. The obesity code wasn't out yet. We had no idea about any of that. We just thought IF worked because we were eating fewer calories. We didn't understand anything about what was really happening during the fast. So since we'd been trained with calories in, calories out, who cares? Almond milk's very low calorie. That's not going to change anything, right? But now that we understand the clean fast, it makes a lot more sense. But I lost 75 pounds with 
you could say dirty fasting, but I really wasn't fasting looking because no. <laughs> no. we believe calorie you're restriction. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was calorie restriction, and perhaps I don't know. We don't have data on this. Perhaps dirty fasting is better than like eating you know small meals all the time, but still, it's not ideal. I mean, I don't know. I hate to even say that because the clean fast is what we want, right? But it really does change everything. I couldn't believe how much it changed the experience of like watching the clock, couldn't wait, white knuckling it. That's what changed. It started to be easy. Yeah, absolutely. You're watching that clock going, oh, my lunch is sitting there. I can get that. I'm, oh, I'm feeling it. I feel those rumbles. But yeah, it was night and day. And then especially after reading your book, I picked up Jason Fung's book there and read The Obesity Code and learning everything about that insulin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it just really makes sense. Yes. Absolutely, it does. When you made the switch, you had been doing 16A, and now you're suddenly going 20, 22 hours. Yeah, absolutely. I found that it was easy, easy. I would come home while I was making dinner. I would have myself a little snack, make the husband's lunch, and uh, then I would have my meal. It was just that easy. I didn't feel pressured. I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel any of those diet mentalities. And I have a long, long history of bad food relationships. I get it. So tell us about that a little bit, because I think all of us do. Our stories are all different. We have different experiences, but they all have that common bond. Uh, Most of us, I mean, there's some people who don't, but almost everyone I talk to, we've gone through all these decades of struggle. And then we're so confused about food that we're we're almost afraid to eat and we know that we're making mistakes and everything feels wrong. And, you know, cause literally you could look for anything and there's something telling you not to have it. I've always been big, actually on the life lessons uh, page circle, I had posted a picture of myself when I was a little girl, like before my alopecia came involved and I was sitting on mom's back of her galaxy car and you could see my chubby little thighs. I always had the thick thighs, thick calves and a life, time of horseback riding and has not diminished my thighs or calves. (laughs) They are definitely thick, but I've always struggled. I've always, always struggled with my weight. By the time I got into my senior years of high school, not knowing 100%, but I know I was in a size 16 when we were shopping for clothing. I was probably pushing the 200 pound mark already by that stage. Are Canada's sizes similar to the United States? I just realized yes. I don't know that. Okay. with Because yeah, I know yeah, that European sizes are different, but 16 in Canada is going to be similar to 16 in the U.S. Absolutely. So by the time I was in high school, yeah, I was a 16. I was a big girl. My bicycle was my main transportation. So I was biking wherever I went, but never really seemed to shed the weight. It just always just kind of stuck, gradually getting a little bit bigger. But I had a horrible relationship with food. I ate healthy. What I ate in front of people was always healthier choices. It was what I did behind closed doors. I would pick up a chocolate bar, pick up an ice cream while I'm on my bike, eat it, scarf it down. If I didn't finish it by the time I got home, throw it away, hide it. Hide the trash. You didn't take the trash home with you because you didn't want people to see that trash. Yeah. If it was almost like if no one knew I ate it, it never happened. You didn't eat? Uh Uh-huh. Look, I totally relate to that because there were times, I mean, back in the day and, you know, I was struggling. Now I understand why... I had the appetite that I had, right? Because the more of those types of foods that you eat, the more you crave. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that for a long time. But I would go through the drive-through line, have the fast food, and then go to a trash can somewhere, like a gas station, throw it away, and hope no one smelled the fries on my shirt, you know, when I walked in And it never happened. Those calories never happened. If no one knew that you ate it, those Mm -hmm. calories never existed. So Yeah. yeah, that was my lifetime of eating. And the shame that comes with feeling like you have to oh, hide it. The shame and the guilt that was that when I followed along with it, it was tough. And I went through that for most of my adolescence, right into adulthood. It wasn't until I started fasting that all suddenly like that changed. It was, it was like I'm not feeling guilty for what I'm eating anymore. It was a big change, and it wasn't overnight. It was a gradual thing where it's like, no, I'm okay to have this. It's right. You know, the relationship definitely changed over having the food. But no, I had major shame, <laughs> major guilt, 
Mate, yeah, I used to hide a lot of that behind. Are you doors. now at the point where you will just eat what you want to eat in front of people and they can like it or not? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I yeah. went out last night with some new friends from here that live in the area. Hello to Chris, if you're listening. Thank you for inviting me. We went to trivia last night, but it was people I hadn't met before. But I ordered my food. I ordered this giant Brussels sprouts appetizer and also a burger with an egg on it and fries on the side. She's like, now, I don't think you know how much food this is going to be. I'm like, no, that is really what I want. (laughs) (laughs) So waitress tried to talk me out of it. (laughs) I'm like, no, I want a huge platter of Brussels sprouts. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I eat the entire burger and (laughs) it was amazing. But back in the day, I probably would have made a different choice. I would have said, you know, I'm just going to have grilled chicken or, you know, something. Yep. The healthier alternative, the one that made you look not so heavy that you're, you know, gluttoning yourself over. Exactly. And then go home and sneak the pint of ice cream in. Exactly. Right. Because you weren't satisfied from the darn roasted chicken. Instead, I ate the thing that appealed to me the most. I enjoyed it. I was like, wow, that was delicious. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. And and zero guilt. And and that's the way I think we're we're meant to be. So I'm glad that you have found that freedom because I think that's so important. Oh, yeah. 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 And I did a lot of different things. Like I remember, well, I was never big. It was funny thinking about fasting. I never was a big breakfast eater, even in high school, never had a big breakfast. And it's funny when my husband, Dom, he came over to Canada and he was there meeting my entire family. And we got up in the morning, we had coffee. And even at that time, everyone was like, so you're going to make your man some breakfast? I'm like, no, coffee first. <laughs> or Meanwhile, maybe they're all fixed. <laughs> my man could make me something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, meanwhile, they're all fixing him breakfast now. Because <laughs> so I was like, no, no, coffee first. <laughs> right, right. So I never was a big breakfast eater. And even when I worked at the casino, my hours were um, 4.30 wake up. And this was another thing with how my demented, my eating habits were is that and just the inability to lose weight knowing what I was doing. There was a period of time back in 2014, 2015, I was getting ready to come to Australia and my mom was getting married that summer and I was going to lose some weight. And I worked at the casino. I had hours that was 4.30, wake up. So I was working 6 to 3.30. Wow. At the casino. Yeah. I lived on a ranch where I kept my horse too. So part of my duties of living on that ranch was taking care of the horses at night. So, you know, making sure they're all fed, make sure they all have water. I rode my horse three, four times a week. I would clean out his pen. I had these early shifts and that was just my normal routine. I have to say this. Who is up at the casino at 6.30 in the morning? I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I worked in the count room, so we had to actually be there before the hours opened to get the- Well, that's a little better, but now I'm like, people are gambling at 6.30 in the morning? I don't (laughs) even know. (laughs) No, no. I worked in the count room, so we had to be there before hours to pull the take of the boxes from the night before. But yes, I would have these early mornings, never ate breakfast. I had an early, early dinner because by the time I got home, I was hungry. So I was already kind of having like a good 16, 18 hours there anyways. And I was always active. And during that entire time, just to give a little bit of perspective, I know you always ask this, I'm 5'5". At this time, I was 235 pounds. Okay. And I sat at that weight for probably a good decade or so. I always fluctuated between five pounds of that, but probably a good decade, decade and a half, I was around that weight. This is in my mid-30s. And I got onto this thing where I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get healthy. I calorie-restricted, counting my calories, using the app. I was doing a Taibo boot camp workout two, three times a week. I was doing yoga, plus riding my horse, plus doing the yard barn chores, plus taking the dog out for a walk, and I dropped 20 pounds. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Okay. Went to Australia, came back, had mom's wedding, and then those 20 pounds plus came back. Yeah, that's always how it was for me. They came back with friends. Yeah, and I was still working out. And mom's like, oh, well, maybe that's just the way your body is. I'm like, there's no way my body's happy at 200. Like, there's no way. I, you know, I got to 215 and I'm like, no, I need to get down lower. But no, I just, I was calorie restricting and working out even harder and still wasn't dropping the weight. Knowing now what I read in Dr. Fung's book, The Obesity Code, I have a little bit more appreciation for what was probably going on. So tell us about that. What do you think that that was? The insulin, definitely insulin. And during that entire period, like for my 20s through my 30s, I was going through a lot of treatments for my alopecia. So I was shooting myself up with cortisone shots, constantly corticosteroids. I was getting 100 injections in my scalp every six weeks. Like steroid? Yeah. Related? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was taking these pills because I used my eczema would break out all the time. And I was taking these pills to do these light therapy, which made you even more exposed to light. But I would always get sick on these pills. And I was doing so many other medications. So I knew I had toxic overload. And that was just what was causing everything to stop type of thing. So that's important to say because people don't always realize that. Yeah. Well, and further on, like when I put on all that weight, I moved to Australia here. And as you get married and you get comfortable and you nest, (laughs) uh, some more weight carried on. So uh, it wasn't until probably, well, to 2020 that all of a sudden I shot up to, now I'm going to convert this to kilos because now in Australia it goes kilos here, but I did write down notations of what that would convert to. Okay. I got up to 125 kilos. Okay. Which is? At my house, 275. Okay. Yeah. And my husband and I, Dom, went, we went to Bali and we were having such a great time and we took this picture. One of the guys at the restaurant took a picture of us having such a great time and a nasty comment showed up on their Facebook page about being big. And I saw oh, that photo no. of myself. What a and jerk. Like, yeah. It was a complete wake up call. I'm like, nope, time to do something. And that's slowly when my brother posted about his fasting experience. I'm like, okay, time to try something new. Yeah. 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 Well, that that just broke my heart to hear because, you know, those keyboard warriors, that's why I left Facebook right there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> that broke my heart. But how many people are going around? I actually remember that happened early on in a Facebook group. It was a Burt Hearing group. It was before I had any of my own groups and a friend of mine was doing the fast five, like I was doing too. We were doing fast five and she joined the group because I did. And she posted her progress and somebody came along and said, you're still fat. And I'm like, well, so I tagged, you know, I think Judy Hearing, Bert's wife, and they took that down immediately. But I, that was like, what? 
why would somebody say that to some another human person mm-hmm. said that you're still fat and i'm like i don't know that should have told me right yeah. there facebook yeah. was like something different exactly this is probably in early 2015 mid 2015 maybe that that happened anyway i'm sorry that that happened keyboard warriors well you know if you wouldn't say that i'm such a teacher but I'm like, if you wouldn't say something to somebody in the public grocery store, then, you know, like I've never walked up to someone in the grocery store and said, why are you buying that junk food? But people in Facebook would be like, why are you eating that junk? And I'm like, stop it. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> we yep. all do have those wake up <laughs> calls, though. So thank you, jerk in Bali for <laughs> no inspiring kidding. Terry to change. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was time to change. It was time to take it serious. And. I was having so many other health issues going on, like plantar fasciitis was happening, and I was just waking up achy. I was constantly having migraines, like every single week, every two, three times a week, it was a migraine. There was no relief. And I'm just like, well, this is just my lot in life. This is just who I, you know, I guess I'm that person that gets migraines. I guess I'm the person that has bad feet, you know. So yeah, no, the fasting's definitely helped with that and learning and educating. Like I said, once I started down there, I started doing the research and falling down the rabbit hole and binge listening to your podcast, not only the stories podcast, but the fasting podcast and anything else I can get my hands on too. And I even picked up Why We Get Sick by Dr. Benjamin Bickman. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Understanding that high levels of insulin are not just related to your weight. It's not just a problem if you're diabetic. It's something that is insidious and we all need to be aware of what what our insulin is doing to prevent things down the road. You know, I just still can't believe that more doctors don't understand. Yeah. Well, and how it's all interconnected too. It's like insulin is that key, but it opens up so many other other hormones that are going on and connected to so many other things going on in your body. And when one goes out of level, another one will go out. And then it's just a cascade of things that happen. The part that's frustrating is so many people in the community will come in and they'll say, well, I asked my endocrinologist if I could have a, or I asked my doctor if I could have a fasted insulin. And they'd be like, you don't need that. That's, that's worthless. <laughs> like what? Luckily, you know, I'm in a, in a group of healthcare professionals and it's like a, a mastermind that I'm in and they're all, <laughs> you know, holistically minded and they all get it. Everybody gets it, but it's still always a surprise to find out not everyone does. So people keep educating your doctor. Hand them a copy of Why We Get Sick. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I would do. You know, I mean, don't say Jen said, you know, no. Hand them the research scientist book. Buy a bunch of copies and bring them into the doctor's offices. Yeah. Because doctors are there. They all become doctors because they want to help people. It's not their fault that they've not gotten the right tools over their education. So we can help them with that. Doctors are people. Yes, absolutely. And you never stop learning. You never stop learning. I always kind of figure once you stop learning, then that's where you're going to fall into trouble. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at Jason Fung's story, you know, he started off as a nephrologist. And then the more he learned, he's gone down a different path. I mean, not that he's not still a nephrologist, but he certainly was never expecting to get into, you know, obesity and all the the stuff that he's doing and fasting. That was not on his radar. But as you learn more, you're like, oh, what I was taught before, what I've been doing, that was really the opposite of what (laughs) the body needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's backtrack, talk a little bit about your alopecia journey and how that might intersect with your intermittent fasting journey. Well, if I go back to like, I've done the treatments and everything like that for my alopecia. Sometimes it would grow back, sometimes it wouldn't. Um, Just in case somebody's listening that doesn't know what alopecia is, would you tell them real quick what it is? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's an autoimmune disease that affects your hair follicles. So you're like anything autoimmune, your body gets itself confused, attacks something that's supposed to be healthy, supposed to be there, thinking it's the enemy. And it just so happens with alopecia, it's it's your hair follicles. From what I've always understand, the hair follicles are still alive. 
I can attest to this because I've now got a little bit of hair fuzz. Uh, oh, so yeah. It's still, I can see yeah. it, actually. Can and, you? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm always like always rubbing it. I'm like, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> but funny enough, when I first started fasting, it started growing. And then it was starting to annoy me and I shaved it off and it never grew back again. That's when I first okay. started fasting. Within the first six months, it started doing it. I'm like going, oh, wow, it's never done this. And it hadn't grown in over a decade. So I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? It's growing hair. So, yeah, no. And then it stopped. With the fasting, though, I did like a half a kilo every single week up until a year. I was almost a year two from when I first started in October, even. And then I plateaued. Mm-hmm. But 2022. So you really, though, that's a lot of weight. I'm like trying to do the math. A half of a kilo is over a pound. Yeah. So how much did you lose in that one year? In that one year, I lost 20 kilos, so 44 pounds. Okay. I am at the scale weight now that I was in Canada that I always held on to for decades. I was this weight, the 235 which is now 107 kilos. I've been this weight for decades. But the funny thing is, I'm in my jeans that I wore when I was even 20 pounds less than what I am now. Body recomposition. Yeah, Yeah. I'm in a smaller body, even though I'm at the same scale weight. 2022 saw me plateaued. This is where I would have loved to have been able to come onto this podcast and say, I'm down all this weight, I'm into a full body, but didn't happen for me. I'm not saying that it's not going to because my body will do what it's wanting to do when it wants to do it. See, I love that. <laughs> that that is such a powerful. <laughs> your body is going to do what it wants to do when it wants to do it. And we just have been so trained by magazine tabloids and everybody that we could just like force our body to do what we want it to do. And, and you, you just can't. Really, you can't. <laughs> you your can't. body is it's- It's going to do what it's going to want to do. Yeah, so 2022 saw me plateaued, but I got really, really sick for most of 2022. My anxieties, I've always suffered anxieties, but I found my anxiety levels and some depression starting to wave back onto me. I was getting sick. I was actually took almost a month off of work on and off. I would come in for half days, take a day off, do back and forth for about a month where I just felt completely broken. Like my body just wasn't doing what it needed to what do. What do you it think just, was the reason for that? I honestly think it was uh, my body's detoxing. Okay. After reading why we get sick and after reading the obesity code, all those toxins, all those drugs that I shoved into my body to treat which absolutely, you got to do what you got to do with the information you have at the time. The information that I had at the time, this was going to help my alopecia, do the injections, do the pills. And doctors are telling you to do it. So, you know, you're going to do it. Exactly. And you want to do what you think is going to help you at that moment with the information you have at that moment. Hindsight is a great thing. So I think my, where they talk about all toxins sit in your fat cells that you are storing. I think I'm, I was detoxing. I think I'm still in a process of detoxing. So I was sick for most of 2022, anxieties. I was starting to get a little bit more headachy. And then right in December, I got COVID. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. yeah. laughs> So 2022 was a, rough, was a rough patch. It sounds like it. Yeah, we're in February now, the beginning of February, and I'm feeling better, feeling a little bit more brighter to where I am supposed, you know, just getting feeling a little bit better to myself again. But it's a process. So I think all that, maybe having the fact that decades of holding on to this weight and all the toxins I put into my body is now just slowly starting to move itself out. And that is absolutely true, by the way, what you're saying, Terry, about our fat stores holding on to the toxins. You know, I talk about this in Cleanish. Yes, which I have as well. Well, <laughs> it, our bodies are like, what is this? No, this is not something we want. Let's put it somewhere. Like if you were a kid and your mom said, clean your room up and you had a bunch of junk in there, you might shove it under your bed so you wouldn't have to deal with it, you know, and that's what your body does. It's like, well, I don't know what this is. I can't do anything with it. So I'm shoving it in my fat stores. So when you lose fat, it's coming back out. And 
can have a healing crisis. And so then you're kind of like, well, what do I do? Do I just, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't, right? Sorry. The teacher in me has a hard time cursing like that. That's like not even <laughs> cursing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not that sorry. Yeah. I almost thought that what so many people have said that, oh, fasting stopped working. But I know fasting has not stopped work. And I know it's doing something inside. I was seeing other changes during that whole year of plateauing my hair started growing back. It's still really fuzzy. It's really, really faint. It's, you know, patchy. Scar tissue is starting to go away. I have this one swelling on the bottom of my calf that just above my ankle. Probably 20 years ago, I was house sitting for my very best friend in Canada. And I took a nosedive off of her stone steps off of her front porch and landed face first into the ground, but the ledge of the, sh- of the cement step had impacted into my leg and caused a swelling. Yeah. And I had it MRI'd and the doctor at that time told me the only way that's going to go away is if you have surgery on it. It might go down a little bit, but this past year I've seen it actually almost disappear. You actually that's have to amazing. look for it. Yeah. Wow. So something's happened. 20 years later, now it's starting to go away. So <laughs> there's some, your body is doing something. It's definitely. doing something. Like if I I'm know wanting- you would like, you're like, hey, body, instead of taking that swelling, why don't you take some fat? Exactly. That I still got. How- <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How about taking, instead of the swelling on my ankles, take it from my butt. <laughs> Body's like, nope, ankle, nope. ankle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is more important. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I figure my body's going to do what it's wanting to do. I feel great fasting. I can't see it being any other way. I have great energy. I enjoy food with no guilt and no shame. Like I said, I've always had fairly healthy choices when I would make meal choices anyways. But if I indulge in something, I don't feel guilty for it. I know it's in my window and it's just a small portion because it's there. I don't have to hide it. It's not like I go, oh, I got to have a whole big portion of, you know, take it away right away and then hide the rest of it. It's there. Like I better the eat all this ice cream so no one knows I had it. Exactly. It can sit there for a week and I can have a little, you know, mouthful here and there. So yeah, no, it's, it's completely changed my respect in that. I love that. I mean, that right there, if, if that's the only thing fasting did for us was help us to lose that, that shame surrounding eating, that would be worth doing it for no other reason. Obviously, we, we want it to do more than that, but that's really, really huge. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a game changer in that respect. And it hasn't been easy. My husband now does fasting as well with me. It took a little him a little bit till longer. He joined me in June, the following year after for me. For so that would be 2021. He joined me, but we always did kind of like weekends off, or more of a relaxed longer, weekend, longer windows, longer windows on the weekend. But it was tough for us too. His parents own a, a soccer club, and we used to volunteer. That one year, we volunteered and worked the sausage sizzle. So we were out there on the barbecue, cooking up bacon, eggs, sausage, hamburgers at seven o'clock in the morning to like three o'clock in the afternoon. And we were trying to fast. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. It was difficult. You know, then it was like, okay, um, how many more? uh, How long have we gone? Oh, we've gone 13 hours, 14 hours. Can we push it to 15? Okay, we're done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's nice having somebody with you, though. At least you're like challenging each other. Can we go for one more hour? But that would be hard to sit there with all this food that's looking (laughs) so good and you're preparing it. Now you're like smelling it. And yeah. Yes. I get it. Yeah. There's something about bacon cooking on a grill that's just... Bacon on a grill, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a big bacon person. <laughs> but the it smell of it... so good. It, the smell of it is great. But yeah, I've never been much to eat it. <laughs> I like it if it's only a certain way. Like last night, my burger, I ordered like the breakfast burger because I love an egg and also the bacon. But the bacon was flabby. And so I like pulled that right off and didn't eat it because I'm not eating any weird flabby bacon. <laughs> it's no, got to be crispy. No. I bet y'all would have cooked it up a little better. Yes, yes. (laughs) Little struggle there sometimes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Getting into a routine of it, when the season would be over for that, then it was kind of like, okay, zero in, get it done, get on to, as opposed to the roller coaster of weekends lax, 
then Monday, Tuesday would be a little tough. And then you start to feel good Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're feeling great. And then you go back lax on the weekend. I'm just like, this is not working for me. I want to feel good throughout the rest. <laughs> that is true. That is why I wrote in Delay Don't Deny that chapter Saturday is not a special occasion because it happens every week because that was also that cycle. can Just like you said, if every weekend is relaxed, yep. then every Monday and Tuesday will be harder. Yes. And you'll start to feel better by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then there it is again. So you're caught in that cycle. And then it feels almost like those old days of starting over every Monday. Whereas if you just tighten up the weekend, you don't have to have a two-hour window on Saturday. But, you know, you can still, maybe five. You could do a lot in five hours. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You're a little more tightened up every day now at this point. Well, and then I found this year, my body was telling me different signals. Okay. Yeah, I found that You needed to kind of scale back. Scale back and then my body would actually, it was that whole thing where you actually get to hear your body say what it needs was a real eye opener for me too. It was like all of a sudden like I was really cruisy doing my 20 hours and I would eat when I get home and then I close my window. I would typically open it at about five o'clock. It would be closed by eight o'clock and it was done, dusted, ready for the next day. And then this past year, it was kind of like three o'clock rolls around and well, it wouldn't even be there. It would be like 12 o'clock. You get the rumbles. You're like, okay, metabolic switch. Here we go. We're going, we're going to get cruisy, cruisy. Goes away. No problem. Then one o'clock, you start feeling it again. And then it would be two o'clock. I'm feeling it again. And three o'clock, I'm feeling nauseous. I'm like, okay, it's time to eat. Yeah. It's telling me something. This is not the same of little wave. This is no time to do something else here. So, and I didn't want to get into that restrictive feeling again, which I had done for so long in the past is that feeling like you just, no, no, you can't, you can't only little meals, only little meals. And so, yeah, when I was starting to feel that I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying now, you know, I get your body, you're telling me something. So yeah, it was, it was an eye opener. That's a really powerful lesson because your body was clearly going with something. You weren't feeling good. And that's the thing, you know, we have the saying, I say it all the time, tweak it till it's easy. Mm -hmm. And I will never tell you, except, you know, when you're in the initial adjustment period, yeah, you're going to have to push through some hard. And I'm not going to say you should never have discipline because discipline is different, but it shouldn't be physically hard, mentally hard, emotionally hard every single day. You really do want to tweak it till it's easy. And if you're finding things are getting harder and harder and harder, like you were at that time, that was your body telling you something. There was something going on physically and it was affecting your moods. And so you needed to listen. Yes. Yep. It's when you finally hear that right message, you know, like you take away all the garble that goes along with, oh, my belly is rumbling. I need to eat. You take away that garble and you you zone in into what your body's actually saying. It is pretty crystal clear. It is. It's very much like, nope, this is something to needs to be addressed. Okay, we're going to get something to eat or we'll do something here. You know, like when you know that voice, <laughs> you know, definitely know that voice. Yeah, it's true. And people who are new to intermittent fasting might be like, well, how am I going to know? I don't understand. But we promise you, (laughs) Terry and I promise you, you learn it, you learn it. You really do do become so much more in tune to your body than you ever were before. So if you find that you're suddenly white knuckling and struggling, and that's when you start to listen, because your body will tell you that this is more than I want to do right now. And you don't need to know why I'm working on the ankle or whatever. You know. I'm busy growing your hair. Give me some food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just don't know. I mean, it's like you mentioned that you had just had COVID at the end of 2022. Yes. When I had COVID, it was right after Halloween of 2021. And I had a pretty high fever for like a week to, I don't know, it was, it was a long, it felt like a long time. But my body said, do not eat meat mm. for whatever reason. The whole time, I couldn't taste, I couldn't smell, and I was like, I cannot eat meat. But then, and you probably already know from listening, I am not someone who eats meat every day. And I I like meat, but I don't eat it all the time. I had 60 days with no meat recently. I felt great. But when I was recovered from the fever, my taste and smell were back. All I wanted was meat Mm. for like several days. And I was just like, I can't get enough meat. Something about maybe, you know, I'm just theorizing here, but we know the spike protein is a thing going on in your body with COVID. Maybe my body's like, no, we got more than enough protein right now. Don't put any more in. 
But I then after the it fought thing. it off, yeah. After it fought it off, it's like, all right, now we need more protein. I don't know. But I listened to my body. I tuned in. I did what felt right. And, you know, spirit of curiosity. It's like, wonder why this is happening. And anyway, so you found the same thing with with me. Absolutely. With COVID. Yeah. After like during COVID, it was because everyone's like, oh, yeah, when you get sick with the flu, you gain weight. I funny enough, because I lost my taste. I lost my smell. I didn't want to eat. I ate just to keep nourishment in me to keep me, you know, feeling that I wasn't going to pass out or anything. I'm sick. You need to have something there. But I ate just enough to get me over that. But as soon as after the COVID, like I had dropped, funny enough, I dropped two kilos during COVID because I just didn't feel like eating anything. And then boom, as soon as COVID was over, I put on (laughs) three kilos. (laughs) Well, that's really also, we hear that a lot from people who are recovering from COVID. They'll find weight gain in the weeks, even weeks after that, because something, there's like a lingering inflammation. Yes, We don't know. It's still so new in the world, but there's the lingering inflammation that hangs around. It could even like disrupt your gut microbiome. There's some people theorizing. So yeah, your body's just going to do what it does. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah. And I found that I was craving chicken. That was the thing that I was craving. Just give when me a hunk of chicken. you were getting better or during COVID? When I was getting better. Like Your body after. needed some meat. That's what Exactly. I was, I was just like, give yeah. me a chicken breast. Like nice, juicy, rotisserie chicken breast. That's all I want. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, Put some green vegetables meat. in there and I just want the chicken. <laughs> so funny. It really is. Yeah. Like I, I never want chicken, but I was craving chicken too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. It is. Because I usually don't eat it very much at all. <laughs> no. I went through a period of time when I was calorie restricted where I went vegetarian. And I'm not vegetarian. But I did go through a period of time. I was doing all those meal substitutions. Spaghetti squash instead of pasta. Cauliflower instead of rice. I was doing all those substitutions where I can, you know, avoid trying to put anything carb or meat in anything like that. And it lasted for probably a good six months I was doing that. But then all of a sudden my body's like, give me meat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I never got to that point when I was doing my whole food plant-based experiment. I never got to the point where I, I was like, I got to eat this food for, like, I felt like I needed it nourishment wise, but I just got really tired of trying to avoid (laughs) avoid it. And then like, also, I really love dairy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But again, that burger I had last night was really good. Burgers are good. Especially with the egg. That's interesting that you would have that in. That's, I did not know until I got to Australia. That's a big Australian thing. An egg on a burger. Yeah. I remember the very first time I ever had one of those, an egg on a burger, it just, they just go together well. They do. It really, really does. If so, if no one's tried it, give it a try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, that's really my favorite way to have a burger. Just that, I just, I love a runny egg just in general. So I also, I really, I missed eggs and I missed dairy a lot, but I did not miss meat so much, but I like the ability to have it when I want it. And there was nothing at that restaurant that would I would have been able to eat and enjoy if I were not having eggs, meat, or dairy. Eggs, yeah. So I just basically had an egg, meat, and dairy sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it was great. <laughs> but there was would have literally been nothing delicious. I could have had like iceberg lettuce if <laughs> with like some uh, vinegar on it. Yeah, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, but I, I love that you're able to tune into your body and hear what it needs. So now that you're, you know, it's February, the COVID is behind you. What's feeling good to you right now as far as your fasting and feasting approach? I'm still doing the 20 hours or 22 okay. hours or however which way it goes. That yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I just listen to my body. You know, like sometimes it's 18, sometimes it's 22. I did try one time doing a mealless night. Yeah. Dom does darts with the boys on Tuesday night. So I always kind of figure, well, that's a good night to try it. I like eating every day and I've wanted to play with the idea of doing a mealless night, that whole mealless Monday, but Tuesday is better because he's not at home. But it was always like by the time it got home and uh, he went to darts, I was like, no, I'm hungry. So the one night it was just like, I stayed busy. I took the dog for a walk. By the time I got back from the dog walk, it was like getting towards eight o'clock, quarter to eight. And I'm like, well, it's getting a little late. And I was already, my body was already wanting to shut down for the night. So I'm like, okay, we'll do it tonight. And it was great. I woke up feeling wonderful. I was, you know, I always hear people saying, oh, falling asleep on an empty. I tend to feel better if I eat earlier and have a semi-empty tummy for bed. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't have any issues with sleep that night and had a good lunch and a good dinner afterwards the next day. Well, I love that. So you enjoyed your up day. But I love when a, um, a down day just happens yeah. Without even having to think about it. It just happened. You're like, well, I guess I just am not going to eat today. Yeah. It just kind of happened. Like I always kind of thought, oh, I'll do it one day when it feels right. right. Okay. Well, tonight, no. You know, Like I would come home from work going, okay, maybe tonight will be the night. And then I'll be doing something. I'm like, no, I'm hungry. Yeah. So that night it was just, it just flowed and it just happened and just continued on with my fast up until the next day. It felt great. And one day again, maybe it'll happen again. Yeah, but you don't have to force it. You could just let it happen. And if it does, people also really find they like this pattern. A lot of people find they like the alternate daily fasting routine and it surprises them. Yeah. Well, I hear so many people talk about it and I'm like going, oh, I really want to try it. I really want to try it. But like I said, by the time dinner rolled around, I was like, no, I really want to eat. <laughs> so well, You know, you could do the 500 calorie down day. No. Not me. You don't think you could. Okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. I'm volume eater here too. Yeah, so. I'm a volume eater. It, it, it's like once the gates are open, the gates are open. Yeah. We have somebody in the community, Sean. Hello, Sean. Shout out to you. She is like the master of crafting a 500 calorie meal that is really? like so satisfying. Yeah. Wow. I wish <laughs> I could do posting. it. She's always I know, but I, I'm like, nope. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Once the gates are open. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about some of your non-scale victories that you might not have mentioned yet. So yeah, the swelling on my leg has definitely gone down. The hair growth, we'll see how long that sticks around for. I've always been a daily wearer, but yeah, body recomposition. I've now fitting into clothes that I wouldn't have fitting in on the scale weight before. So that's been really great. Still need, like I said, still up there, still in what would be considered the obese category. But I've, biggest scale victory on that one is that I'm okay with that. Yeah. I know I'm not in a healthy weight. I'm not blinded by that. Funny enough on that too, from 2022, I had, my doctor's been really good. I had a fasting insulin done at the beginning of the year and my blood levels were all good. Now throughout my entire obesity life, my bloods have always been good. Okay. Never any red marks, never anything, oh, warning, maybe keep an eye on this. Everything's been really, really good. This 2022, when I was feeling ill and having the anxieties and all the rest of it, I had blood work done at that time because I was back and forth to the doctor's office and they wanted to check me. I had a chest x-ray done. Like They were just trying to find out what was going on. And I got my blood results up and my fasting insulin is high. It's interesting. So it went up. It went up. I have a high iron count. And I oh. have a high cholesterol count. That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, high iron is one of those things. I've done some reading about that. You know, we all tend to think that 
higher the better or something for iron for some reason, but actually no. No. Did your doctor say anything about your high level of iron and wanting to, to address that? She mentioned something. I can't remember the name of it. It was a big, long name that it was if I had this genetic disease that was associated with high iron. And I'm like, no, no, no history of it. And yet all my tests prior in the years prior never had an issue with it. So is that something? I don't know. I would do some reading about that if you haven't already. Yeah. I think one of the things I like when I was reading about it, like one of the things you can do is give blood. Yeah, that'll help lower yeah. your, your levels of iron. Just so I'm not a doctor, obviously, but it was interesting that you said that because, you know, we know so much about low levels of iron can make you feel bad, but high levels also are not associated with feeling great. No, no. So it was really interesting that I went from the beginning of the year having normal levels on everything. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, when I was feeling really, really ill, everything started getting, I had these points of elevations, especially my fasting insulin. I had a normal fasting insulin. Like it was, I think a four or five or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the number was. I should have pulled my papers out because I got copies of it all. But then it had jumped a couple of points into a high range. And she actually even says your fasting insulin is high. I'm like, and how old are you? Would you remind me of that? Yeah, I'm 47, going to be Okay, where are you on the month. menopausal transition? <laughs> Not certain. <laughs> I'm on birth okay. control still. <laughs> okay, okay. The reason I ask is, you know, yeah. my history of fasted insulin, when I had it done in 2019, it was fabulous. Then when I had it done this summer before hormone replacement therapy, it was higher. I mean, it wasn't bad, bad higher, but it was higher prior to hormone replacement therapy. Then after hormone replacement therapy, it was back down lower than it had been in 2019. So that's just something to to keep in mind. Again, like you mentioned earlier, all those hormones work together. Yes. So if you've got some hormonal weirdness going on, it can affect your fasted insulin because it changes how your body manages your blood glucose and then you need more insulin. And anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be going back to see the doctor in the next couple of months anyway. So I'm going to ask for all those blood works again, now that I'm starting to feel better to see, just kind of see where's, like I said, I think my body's definitely gone through some major healing this past year. Something internally is telling me that's what's probably what's going on inside of me is that some major healing's going on, some major releasing of things. It's a different feeling this year already. It's like, you feel better. I'm just, I do. I feel less cloudy, especially coming after COVID too. Right. I just feel less cloudy, less down. So I'm hoping we'll see what the doctor says in the next couple months when I go back and get the blood works done again. And she was really good when she told me the results. I says, okay, can I come back and, you know, in the next couple months and do it? She was like, yep, no problem. Yep. I think that's good. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Definitely let me know. Absolutely. You're in the community, so you can tell me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll post it. Yay, it's down again. I know. I can't wait to hear it. But, you know, bodies have a lot going on, and we just sometimes don't even know what's happening behind the scenes. So is your brother still intermittent fasting? He hasn't posted anything on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think he kind of does it more intermittently through a year Mm -hmm. as opposed to a regular basis. It's kind of like when he feels that he needs to do it, he kind of does that whole fasting detox type of situation. I think that's how he does it. Well, my brother is an intermittent faster and he's been, he's stuck with it for a while now. So I'm like really happy about that. Like all the people in my family that I would love to do it, but my brother, he does it. It's (laughs) it's his lifestyle. So that's really good. Well, I got my sister-in-law on it and she has just gangbustered through it. She's, her body's loving it and she's Good. done, had really, really great success. And uh, even my husband's had really great success. He's uh, doing well on it and. So, yeah, it's good to see everyone else dropping in. And well, you, you lost about 50 pounds. So that's yeah. not – imagine if you were still carrying around 50 more pounds. That Oh, would. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, my joints are feeling better. I still do yoga. Obviously, I'm not riding horses now here in Australia. Not yet. But I still do my yoga. I still take the dog for a walk. I'm finding taking her out for a walk so much easier than it was, you know, previous. Right. You have a lot more energy. It's been – great to be able to have that extra energy and that extra oomph and the extra brightness going on. Well, I'm really glad. So, well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? What I would tell someone is start today. 
don't wait. Don't say, oh, I'll start it on Monday or I'll start it at the beginning of the month. Just start today. Start the, your last meal. Close off that window. I still use an app today, even though I only use it because I like the data. I like, I have an app that I use that shows the amount of time that I fasted and the amount of time that is in between. So my eating window. So it shows me both times, which I absolutely love that aspect of it. So it's like, oh, okay, well, I've eaten for this many hours or whatever type of thing. But yeah, use an app and just hit that start button. And Mm -hmm. if you do 16 hours or you do 12 hours or everything counts in the end of the day and yeah, just start. It's not hard. (laughs) It's difficult as you get adjusted, but you know, you just give it a go. And put your coffee in a covered mug. <laughs> That's such a good tip. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe someone has said that and I forgot, but I don't think so. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. And I mentioned it one time on another Facebook group and I'm like, because they're like, oh, I can't drink black coffee. I'm like, put it in a cover mug. You can't see it. You don't know what you're drinking. <laughs> they're like, what? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's such great advice. Yes. Yeah. Well, Terry, thank you for sharing your story. It has been delightful to talk to you today. And I look forward to hearing how things continue to progress for you. And everybody else, if you were in the Delay Don't Deny community, you would know. So <laughs> come to jenstevens.com slash community. It's a great place to be. But thank you again, Terry, for telling your story today. Thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.